it's not always what's at the scene that solves it. Sometimes it's what's not that does. Hey everybody, welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host. Today I'm going to talk about the case of William Edwin Sparkman Jr. Bill was born August 12th, 1958. He was raised in Mulberry, Florida. He was the oldest out of three boys. Growing up, Bill tried a little bit of everything. He was an altar boy. He wrote for their weekly newspaper. He was a Boy Scout. And even as he got older, he really, he just loved it so much that he started working for the Boy Scouts of America. He was overseeing the programs that were in Polk and Hernando counties. When he was 30, he decided that he wanted to move to Probe K, Kentucky. Talk about the complete opposite of Florida. <laughs> he liked that, though. He wanted to be isolated. He wanted more privacy, so it was perfect for him. Bill has always been a bachelor. He wanted a family, just never really seemed to happen. In his 30s, he decided he was going to do parenthood by himself. You know, most women say, I don't need no man. Well, he said, I don't need no woman. <laughs> he decided he wasn't going to wait to have to fall in love to have a family. They joined a Methodist church. He became an assistant teacher at an elementary school, and he just fell in love with it. He decided that he wanted to go to school so he could become a full-time teacher. He decided to do it online. While he was working on getting his degree, in 2005, Bill began part-time work with the United States Census Bureau. He was the guy that goes door-to-door in 2007, Bill went to the doctor so he could get treatment for an ingrown toenail. While he was there, his doctor noticed that he had a cyst on the side of his neck. Bill told him, you know, it's nothing. It's been there for a little while. And he's like, mm, let me kind of look at that. Well, turns out it led to a diagnosis of stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. He was devastated. He had no idea. He continued teaching while he was receiving chemo treatments from November 2007 to March of 2008, which then that put him in a remission. During that whole time he was sick, he completed his academic coursework. He earned his bachelor's degree in mathematics education, and he was invited to speak at the commencement ceremony at Western Governors University in Salt Lake City, Utah. He graduated and became a middle school teacher for math. September 9th, 2009, Bill was reported missing with the United States Census Bureau. When you sign up for this, they usually take you to different areas. It's not like your own neighborhood. So they're paying for your hotel. People don't just walk away. You're with a group. You stay with the group. He was doing the surveys, which covered a local five-county area. On September 12th, family members went to the cemetery to go pay respects to a loved one. As they're walking up, they see a body hanging on a tree. The man is naked other than socks, 
And he has duct tape that is tying his hands and his feet. He had a washcloth stuffed in his mouth, covered by duct tape. This was a brutal murder. They could not believe what they were seeing. When police arrived, they find a U.S. Census badge just hanging off the man's ear. But this let them know that their victim was 51-year-old William Sparkman. They really didn't know what they were dealing with. On his torso was written, Fed. He worked for the Federal Census Bureau. They're thinking, is there an attack on federal agents right now? What is happening? They can only speculate how bad it might get. They weren't sure what they were dealing with or who they were dealing with. Speculation went worldwide. Everyone had their own opinion on what happened. Josh. Bill's son is 19 years old at this point. He couldn't think of anyone who would want to hurt his dad. When they looked Josh up, they saw that he kind of had a little bit of a shady background. So that was kind of intriguing to them. He had a few run-ins with the law, and they were all dealing with theft. Josh was able to provide the police a letter, and this letter was still in the envelope, and it was sealed. It was titled, Just In Case Letter. The letter stated that if you found this letter because you were snooping, you need to put it back. But if something happened to me, then you can continue. And it just got weirder from there. The letter uncovered a life insurance policy totaling $300,000 with Josh as the beneficiary. They keep flicking and there's a second insurance policy. It's for another $300,000. But this one is for Lowell Adams III. He was a friend of Josh's. So right now, police are like, are you fucking kidding me? Police bring in Lowell to find out what he knows. He told them that he didn't even know anything about a life insurance policy. He didn't know anything about the murder. They gave him a polygraph and he failed it. It was after that that he confessed that he probably failed it because he was keeping a secret. But that secret wasn't murder. Bill had approached him just a few weeks back, asking him to assist him in a suicide. Lowell refused to help him and tried to talk him out of it. Once they had this information and they gave him a new test, he actually passed. He was cleared. Lowell also had an alibi. The cause of death was ruled as asphyxiation. On forensic files, they said that the food in his stomach showed that he died on that September 9th, the day he didn't show up for work. Both Lowell and Josh had alibis. So they went back to the Fed. As much as they tried to investigate that federal angle, it just wasn't there. One detective said, it's not always what's at the scene that solves it. Sometimes it's what's not that does. 
There were no other footprints. There were no other tire marks. The only vehicle that was even found was his truck. And that was located 40 yards from where he was found. There were no signs of a struggle. He had zero defense wounds. There was one other weird element that was found at the crime scene when they located the body. Bill's glasses, they were duct taped to his head. I don't think too many killers care if you can see. I mean, maybe they want you to see what's coming. Or it might be so you can see what you're doing. When the DNA that was found on the duct tape and on the rope, it was all Bill's. Everything had Bill's DNA. They now knew that this was no longer a homicide. It was a suicide. They uncovered that Bill was so scared that he was going to die from cancer. and He didn't want to keep going through that pain. Bill had life insurance, but there's clauses. It was not redeemable if death was by suicide. That's why he went through all that trouble to make it look like a homicide. I mean, after all that, I think they should get it. He really tried. His autopsy showed that his hyoid bone was broken. This is like the one bone that's not connected to anything else in the base of your neck. When they called in Emily Craig, PhD, a forensic anthropologist, it showed three separate fractures. She was able to tell that one of them was older and healing, and two were new fractures. A few years back, Bill did attempt suicide, but it didn't kill him. Emily Craig, PhD, she's also a medical illustrator. So she was able to look at the word fed that was on his chest and analyzed it. The letter seemed to have been written upside down. She was able to tell that because of where the smudge was from the felt tip marker. So authorities think that while he was home, he put the fed on his chest. He drove straight for the cemetery, taped his glasses to his head so he could see what he was doing, duct taped his arms, well, duct taped his legs, then I guess your arms, stuffed the washcloth. It's definitely possible, but it's just so sad that you would go through all that. After more investigations into these life insurance policies, turns out that the life insurance policies were not only null and void if it was a death by suicide, but cancer too. On October 6th, his body was released to his family, but the state medical examiner's office that it hadn't resolved the case yet. Wasn't until late October officials reported that the case was close to being resolved. They said that they didn't want to rush into any judgment. They wanted to make sure that they were, they were right. On November 23rd, investigators declared death as an official suicide. 
there were reports that showed that he really did believe his cancer was back. Nobody would help him, so he had to do it himself. In December of 2011, Law & Order, they did an episode based on this, and they titled it Fed. This is just a tragic case all around. If you or someone you know is battling, there is help out there. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. If you need that number again, you can find it on my website at crimeovercocktails.com. I have some good hotlines and lifelines on there for you to help you with, no matter if it's domestic violence, substance abuse, you need a shelter, and suicide prevention. We need to stay happy and healthy. You can listen to the episodes, help support the show, or check out the merch. You want to send me a message, you can do so there too. If you want to be on the show, if there's something you want to talk about, Or is there a case that you want me to cover? All right, you guys. Love you. We'll talk crime another time. Bye.